Hi, I'm Jared Murphy from City Limits. And I'm Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And today, as part of our series of video briefs on key issues in the 2021 campaign, we're talking about transportation, a major topic of debate and discussion as the city chooses a new mayor and a class of local government leaders, and always a topic of debate in New York politics and government. And it's obvious why. I mean, it's a fundamental issue. The transit system is kind of what ties the city together. You know, a city spread across five boroughs, uh, four different land masses, the highways, the subway tunnels, the bridges, the bus routes are kind of what sows city limits uh, New York City into a hole. Uh, and it affects how people get around, how they get to work in school, how they get out to have fun and be part of the city's cultural life. Um, you know, medical appointments and errands, especially for aging people. It affects the city's carbon footprint in the sense that when people give up their cars and get into buses or subways, it's reduced. It affects our, our climate resiliency, depending on how that system is girded against the effects of climate change. Um, there are a lot of social equality implications of the transit system. And of course, the transit system, the transportation system, uniquely and fundamentally affect the use of public space. Um, a massive amount of space in the city is given over to it. Uh, the system itself is public space. And so that's obviously important too. And the sheer size of it is part of what makes it such, not just an important issue, but a really complicated one. Um, you're talking about an antiquated systems that are linked together. You know, the signals in the subways in some cases are so old they can't even replace them. Um, there's a lot of overlapping governance with state and regional concerns and considerations, different authorities in charge of different byways and tunnels and bridges. Um, and obviously the funding structures are linked to a lot of different taxes too. But obviously this has been a central topic in many, many campaigns, along with housing, schools, the other regular issues, and under many, many mayors. And that includes under Mayor Bloomberg, uh, who had a you know, very forward thinking initial uh, or, or major transportation commissioner in Jeanette Sadek Khan, um, extended the seven line, uh, started green taxis and, and helped launch the city bike program, a lot of pedestrian plazas, light more bike lanes, pushed for unsuccessfully congestion pricing. It didn't happen under him, but it's apparently gonna be happening now. Um, and so talked a lot about transit, did do some big transit transportation initiatives, but while Mayor, Mayor Bloomberg rode the subway with some frequency, um, he was apparently driven to an express stop and then took it all the way to subway, City Hall. Um, the subway system itself and the transit system itself, the MTA was not a major focus of his work. He did start the select bus service system, the express buses with the flashing lights that um, stop a few stops. But uh, in terms of subways, he made promises to tap into fixing the, the system, um, but he did not deliver on that. And so he left all of that to his successor, Bill de Blasio. Yeah, and this gets at sort of one of the most interesting things, certainly of the de Blasio tenure and in the campaign to replace Bill de Blasio, which was the case as you just got it under Bloomberg, which is the question of the mayor's role with the MTA, ownership of the subway, blame, credit, uh, how much to try to push, uh, you know, the governor and, and the MTA and how to try to influence what's happening with the subways. Uh, the buses are in a little bit of a gray area, but, you know, Bill de Blasio definitely pay, has paid attention to transportation in some. Uh, he's not necessarily tried to be sort of a transit mayor or transportation mayor. Um, I would say, you know, his tenure has been marked by inattention to the subways and buses to the extent that a mayor should pay attention to those things. And I think the race to replace him is sort of 
showing that there's this craving among voters for a mayor who is more on top of what's happening with the transit system. Um, you know, he, he seemed to want more to make sure that everyone knew the governor runs the MTA and not necessarily try to influence the decisions there as much as a mayor might be able to considering appointments to the MTA board and how much funding leverage the city can have, even though the MTA is, is still a state-run entity and under the, you know, essentially under the control of the governor. But de Blasio focused on several transit-related initiatives. I would say maybe two in particular. He had his, his Vision Zero Street Safety Program, which incorporates a lot of different elements, and his signature ferry system, which is somewhat controversial. A lot of people who ride it regularly love it, but there's a lot of questions about that. Um, but those would maybe be the two big buckets under his sort of transit-related vision, but there's a lot of smaller pieces in there. One of the things, of course, that's transit related is the mayor's been known for is getting chauffeured from Gracie Mansion to his Park Slope gym, at least pre-COVID. Um, that was the source of a lot of controversy and attention and, and sort of ties in with his transit focus and people you know, noting that he was not a frequent subway rider at all and a very infrequent bus rider. Um, but de Blasio's tenure has also been marked by fights over MTA funding and his mission to try to make sure that New Yorkers know that the governor is really in charge of the MTA. As I was saying, um, he started to pay more attention to the subways as they were really falling apart in sort of the end of his first term or so. He reluctantly came around to support congestion pricing, uh, apparently because it, it sort of helped with the revenue picture of the MTA that the city was on, on the hook for helping to fund. He, dev he built out more bike lanes. He built out more bus lanes um, at, at a pace that some have felt underwhelmed by. Uh, and he's done, you know, minimal amount to sort of enforce keeping bus lanes and bike lanes clear, but he's definitely made some movement on both. Vision Zero overall successful in helping reduce uh, traffic fatalities. Again, questions about the pace and the aggressiveness around uh, street redesign. His focus as is sort of a de Blasio um, way on, on enforcement over design, even though he understands it seems that design is important. He's been a bit reluctant to really focus on truly protected bike lanes and truly separated bus lanes. Um, and, you know, sort of a, a little bit reluctant to try to be the leader on a, on a culture change here. Um, he did help lead the, the city to have a lower overall uh, default speed limit. And, uh, you know, even though he was a little timid about it, he was the mayor that implemented the 14th Street busway, which uh, has been roundly seen as a success. And now there's other busways that have been implemented. Um, you know, he hasn't been too interested in subway extension, for example. He hasn't really tried to push this question of the Utica Avenue uh, extension in Brooklyn, but he did do car-free Central Park and Prospect Park. So there's kind of this mixed, uh, mixed back and forth on de Blasio. There's been so many transit issues that have come up that he's either taken on reluctantly or with a lot of energy. Um, he did extend the Staten Island Ferry's frequency of running, mm -hmm. uh, along with his other ferry program that he's implemented. He's overseen a significant expansion of City Bike, again, at a pace that some have said is a little slow. People have questioned whether he should put some more public money into it. All these things are part of the de Blasio years, and many of them, if not all, are also on the table as we, you know, as we get through the COVID era and the race to replace them. I mean, yeah, the COVID era, 
era obviously has brought up some unique issues regarding transit just because of the people not wanting to use the system, not using the system because they're not coming to work. Um, the open streets program that de Blasio initiated was an interesting move during COVID and one that I think a lot of candidates are going to try to replicate and maintain as we move into uh, the new normal. Uh, and it does strike me just before we move on from de Blasio's record that two of the most maybe intense controversies of his era really have been around um, vehicles for hire. There was the taxi medallion crisis, which obviously had been building for years, but really blew up under him. Terrible stories of taxi owners killing themselves because of the crushing debt they were facing, questions about whether the city had allowed a bubble to uh, grow and, and had failed to um, forestall a financial crisis affecting um, thousands and thousands of, of cab drivers and the companies that own those medallions. And the Uber battle, which you know de Blasio tried to head off early on, uh, he was rebuffed. And then it became a real problem and he ended up kind of being proven to be more or less right on that issue. Um, in all of these things, what we see is what we see on so many issues, but in transit, particularly this overlap of authority and power. Obviously the mayor has a lot of power to set uh, transit policy and the city council have oversight power too. Um, mainly kind of oversight, some budgeting, some law passage. The mayor controlling the DOT obviously has an impact controlling agencies that themselves have large uh, fleets like Parks Department and Sanitation, and of course the NYPD through both its regular enforcement of um, driving and its uh, traffic bureau on the parking rules. But the state legislature, the governor, the MTA all have huge roles in this too. There's also a federal role on federal funding and approval for transit stuff as we've seen recently on congestion pricing. And of course, private actors, um, you know, dollar vans, uh, private buses, uh, and of course, uh, Uber and, and things like that, uh, City Bike being an example of it, have an impact too, along with unions. And that gets us into sort of some of the key challenges that the next mayor is gonna face dealing with all those different swirling powers. And one of them, obviously a huge one, Ben, is to get people back on the subway and riding again. Ridership numbers have been increasing, um, but they still aren't anywhere near where they used to be. And that is a difficult issue in a lot of ways. There's a public safety implication there. There's obviously a revenue implication. It's linked in kind of a um, chicken and the egg way with people going back to the office. Um, the question of whether the subways are viable and safe being a barrier to people coming back to the subway. And of course the subways can't be viable and safe unless more people get back on the subway. So that probably is the thorniest issue that the candidates running for 2021 have to deal with. Right, and I would say there's a couple things here that kind of tie in from the sort of overall de Blasio legacy to the race to replace him that are important to note. One is, you know, that de Blasio really struggled throughout his, has struggled throughout his tenure to put forward a real comprehensive sort of transit transportation vision, how things connect. Uh, he, you know, he threw the, this BQX light rail project out there. Oh yeah, that ago. thing. Wow. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and now that's that's really barely moved in the years since. Um, and again, you know, with that, with the ferry system, he talked about fare integration. There's been no movement on that. You know, trying to make sure they line up with the buses and the subways. And you know, in part, he's been so focused on trying to push off responsibility to the state. Again, there's merit to that, mm -hmm. but still not offering a real comprehensive vision for transit. And we've seen in the race to replace him that candidates are picking up on that and that they know that it's a really essential part of the job. And the mayor with his sort of windshield perspective that he came into the office with, he used to drive himself around as public advocate. 
um, you know, has really fallen short on making transit and transportation uh, writ large a, a focus and having a comprehensive plan. And then also tying that in with sort of the modeling of riding public transit on a regular basis. It's a big to do every time Bill de Blasio rides the subway or the bus, and it really shouldn't be that way for the mayor, right? So, so that's sort of all part of this race to replace him, including the question of whether the city should try to get control of the subways. Most candidates are saying that that's unrealistic. Andrew Yang is saying that's something he wants to fight for. Um, but you know, the question of sort of getting ridership back up in the more immediate term, this is one of these things where COVID has changed so much. Uh, and we also don't know if by the time the next mayor takes office, we might be having a very different conversation than we're having now a little under three months to the June primary because with vaccination, with some return to the office, which with the economy reopening, you know, ridership probably won't be back to pre-COVID levels anytime in 2021 or maybe even in 2022, but we don't know what the next mayor is really gonna be walking into, but they all, the candidates should be, and many of them are talking about revitalizing the subway system reworking the bus system, how to get buses moving again. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is basically, you know, one of the top, if not the top issues is, is talking about buses and making sure that buses can move swiftly in the city, given the ridership is lower income, people of color, working class people, so many who are just trying to get to and from work every day and want to do it in a timely fashion. Yeah, so it seems as we turn to kind of what the most important questions that candidates should be answering are, you've mentioned a couple already, how do you improve bus speeds, and how do you get people back into the subway and improve subway service, whether that's just reworking what you have or, you know, in a more expensive and time consuming way with a longer timeline to it, um, expanding the system in some way. Other things I throw out are obviously biking. Uh, there's been a big expansion in the bike number of bike lanes. As you mentioned, some issue about whether they are protected enough or not, how many truly protected ones we have. Um, how do you expand that system um, to make it viable for a broader section of the city's commuting public? And then a question that I think is warranted both because we have the mayor who is obviously kind of a car guy and because you know, two and a half million or so, 2.2 million people every day commute to work in New York City, or at least back in the old days when people commuted to work via mass transit, but about a million used cars, um, uh, took cars or, or trucks or carpools to get to their, you know, their school or their place of work. What are we going to do about cars in the city? What is the future of the car in New York in terms of parking, in terms of moving around um, as the city expands, its population expected, uh, we believe, eventually to grow somewhat um, will the fleet of cars that people own continue to grow? Um, is there a way to move away from car culture? How do you do that without hurting people who live in transit deserts? That I think is a really thorny question. Yeah, let me throw a couple other things out there. I mean, I think I think some of um, you know some of the key aspects of uh, that are being discussed in the in the mayoral race, but really need to be you know pushed. Candidates need to be pushed on are. Um, you know, what are they, what is their vision for sort of the connected bike network and making bike riding truly safe in the city um, and, you know, sort of separated bike lanes and, and as I mentioned, getting buses really uh, moving again. And then there's all of the other sort of street use stuff that, that mm -hmm. ties into those and what you just said about the future of the car, you know, questions around uh, how much parking might be removed for things like city bike docking stations, like delivery zones. Um, will there be a, a parking residential parking permit system? 
uh, new containerize, containerization for trash on a lot of corridors. You know, there's a pilot program coming out. So there's a whole sort of redesign of public space being talked about, pedestrianization, uh, city parking placard permits mm -hmm. uh, is, is a big topic that, that folks talk about on this one. But I also want to mention one more thing that, you know, isn't, isn't tangential at all, but ties into all this, and that's also accessibility. Uh, that's, you know, totally, as totally. you mentioned earlier, you know, older New Yorkers, older New Yorkers, people with disabilities, uh, younger New Yorkers, you know, kids being safe in the city. There's questions around uh, how to make the city truly accessible and safe. And that includes pushing the MTA to go faster on subway accessibility, but it also includes things like, you know, what intersections look like and how streets are, you know, redesigned for, for people's use. And what what not just parking spaces but car lanes are either being turned over to buses and bikes and walking or not and those are going to be big questions for the mayoral candidates as well as you know candidates for other offices that are going to weigh in on these things and be part of wherever the political sort of winds blow on on a lot of these issues so at citylimits.org and gothamgazette.com, we will try to raise those questions, get them answered on this issue and other issues as well. Tune in every Wednesday at 5 p.m. to 99.5 FM for Max and Murphy on WBAI. And please go to vote.nyc for information about when and where you can cast your ballot.